Wait, sorry, that was kind of an overshare. Guys, hey, welcome back to Oops, I Overshared. My name's Katie. I'm your host per usual. I have been MIA and I am so sorry. It has been a crazy three weeks. I will give you a little bit of background on that before we go into the episode, but I am so excited to be recording again. This is like my mental health activity and I haven't even had time to fit it in the schedule in the last few weeks, so that's bad. So I'm really, 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 really excited to be recording again. I'm excited to share with you what I have to share with you today. Um, but yeah, I am very bummed that I have not been around recently and I am so sorry. I know there's less than probably one hand worth of people who care, but I am sorry because I'm also sorry to myself for not making time and prioritizing this since I love it so much. Now, for the last few weeks, here is my list of excuses. I had a wedding the weekend of the 14th. And that week I worked three days and I had therapy and we had to book our rehearsal dinner. So we were just, it was a busy week and I served on a Friday night that week. So busy week. Following weekend, we went to a casino for the weekend. I do like little, I don't even, I'm not even going to call it a brand deal. I just do like little gigs with local businesses um, where I promote their business and I get a deal in return. So we went to the casino for the weekend, um, the weekend of the 21st. Last weekend, I was gonna post a podcast and then ended up, Jared and I went on a road trip, freaking 32 hours in the car over three days. Um, a road trip because my best freaking friend got engaged and her engagement party was in Austin, Texas. Um, and we didn't want to pay $700 for plane tickets. So we drove. So that was super, super fun, but also took a lot of time for what it, for how long we spent down there. It took a lot of time to drive. So that was what we were doing from Thursday to Monday. So now I'm finally back and better than ever. Anyway, today's episode is very important to me, and that is because it is something I've worked a really long time to get better at, and that is how to navigate seasons of change. I, ever since I was a child, I've been very, very routine-oriented. I have not done well with change. Talked a little bit about that in my OCD episode, but just change gives me a lot of anxiety. I find a lot of comfort in my routine. I find that I'm my best self when I've set a routine that I'm confident and comfortable with. And unfortunately, but also fortunately, life is not just doing a routine over and over till you die. There are seasons where things are going to change. And a lot of times the change is the beauty in life. And you're going into a new phase that you love or that you're growing in, but it requires you to be uncomfortable for a little bit. And I am 24 years old and I'm still mastering how to be better in those seasons and how to kind of reduce the anxiety of those seasons. But that's what I want to talk a little bit about today is things I've been doing to kind of cope with change. I'm hoping that these kind of tidbits or whatever can apply to a lot of different situations. For example, I remember graduating college was a huge season of change, even though it was so, so exciting to be done. It was also so stressful because your entire life is revamped. I mean, I went from living in a shitty college house to buying my own home with my boyfriend at the time. That's the same person who's my fiance now, but I'm saying who's my boyfriend at the time. Sorry, that was unclear. Um, from having school all day to having a full-time career um, and just my friends, a lot of my friends moved away. It was a huge season of change. And while that was a blessing and even though college was so fun, I would not want to go back and do it again. 
it was hard to navigate those changes and it took me probably a year to really settle into being a grown up and being on my own. And so whether it's that season of your life, whether you've gotten married and your significant other husband, wife has just moved into your home, whether you are starting a new job or even heading into a completely new industry, there are a million ways that your life can change. Even having kids, that's a huge change. Um, there are a million ways your life can change. And I think it's very, very hard to navigate that, especially if you're someone who's prone to having a lot of anxiety or someone who's prone to kind of falling into routine, getting really comfortable and struggling with change. Um, I think that life is full of change and it's a blessing, but also can be a challenge. The specific season I'm navigating right now is I am in my last week of having a job. I know that sounds bad, but my last week of being scheduled at my hospital job, I am staying what we call in nursing PRN or as needed. So I will pick up when I can work, but I won't have a scheduled job anymore. And I'm going into full-time clinical rotations for my nurse practitioner degree. I don't think I've talked about school on here really at all yet, but I'm in school to get my doctorate in nursing practice which enables me to practice as a family medicine certified nurse practitioner after graduation. So if you live in a state where nurse practitioners have autonomy, typically mostly the North um, United States, function is very similar to your primary care physician. Um, In other states, the role kind of varies, but where I'm at, NPs can function very independently. So it's just a lot of learning, a lot of education to feel like a competent provider, and also a lot of clinical And if you're not in the medical sphere or don't know anybody in it, clinical basically means you are going and spending hours for free. Now, obviously, you're a student. Spending hours with a professional who's already in the field um, that you're aiming to be in. So when I was in in nursing school, I did my preceptorship or my clinical with a nurse. Now that I'm in NP school, I will be spending the next six weeks with a nurse practitioner. Um, Basically, starting off, I'll watch what she's doing, and then I will start to pick up and do what she's doing, doing her notes, seeing her patients, ordering medications, which is just crazy to me. So while this is really an exciting time, and I've been looking forward through all of my didactic or classroom classes um, to this time to finally like be in like boots on the ground clinical. I am freaking out internally because I think there's always going to be a little bit of imposter syndrome and a little bit of anxiety that comes with that. And when it comes to holding someone's life in your hands and having to make the right decisions, um, it is a little bit scary. So besides that part and the fear and anxiety of being a provider. I also, as I said earlier, don't do good with the routine change. So right now, like I work two days a week at the hospital. I study the other days um, at least a little bit. And then I have time for myself. I work out every day. I grocery shop. I keep our house maintained. Um, So being PR, not PRN, being part-time has been really, really nice um, and allowed me to balance work and school. And I'm so thankful to Jared for helping me to be able to do that. But now I'm going to be on a full-time schedule with school. I'm going to be writing notes in the evenings, and then I'm going to be not really at work at all for a little while here. And that is a huge change for my routine, for my day-to-day work life. I'm commuting like an hour-ish to clinical. So, I mean, my current commute is six minutes to the hospital I work at. So going an hour is going to be a huge change. I'm really, really, really into my fitness routine, I've been like 
steady for nine or 10 months um, with my fitness routine. I love it. I'm really nervous to lose that. So there's just a lot of change coming up. And again, it's a blessing. I've been looking forward to this period forever, but it's also scaring me a lot. And I'm working on preparing myself for those changes. So the first big thing for me is mental preparation and just having some time to sit with a period of transitioning. So next week, Monday, a week from today, I am going to be at my first day of clinical, which is making me pee myself. But I'm taking this week to really make sure that I am ready. I have, I mean, I'm, everything's going to be different. I have to wear a whole new wardrobe. I have to do a whole new commute. My week schedule is totally different and I'm going to have zero income. So a lot of things have been kind of in the process of changing. And this week I'm taking time to make sure I have clothes ready for next week. Um, I'm headed to a nurse practitioner conference Wednesday through Friday next week. So I have to get packed for that. Um, just some things that make my life easier, um, in the details. So doing all my laundry, making sure that my house is ready for me to be kind of absent for the next week. Um, looking at my calendar, making sure I know what time I need to be there and what time I need to leave. Preparing um, in my planner how my days are going to look. Talking with my fiance. I just banged my hand on the microphone, so sorry if that was loud. Talking to my fiance about expectations, like between us around the house, what are we going to need from each other? Um, like I'm not going to be around doing as much, so he'll probably have to do more day-to-day maintenance stuff during the week. Dinner-wise, things are going to look different. Our schedule is going to be pushed back in the evening. So just taking time to mentally prepare before a big change comes. And I know that that's going to look different. For me, it's a career kind of change. For other people, if you're having a baby, even though this is a totally different scenario, setting those expectations, having the conversations of the upcoming change and what you can do to kind of settle in that change is very, very valuable. Also, like when you're pregnant, of course, you're going to need to prepare a nursery and things like that. So giving yourself time, like moms call it nesting, like before you have a baby, preparing your home, preparing yourself, preparing your soul and your mind for for huge changes in your life, very important. I'm doing the same thing over here, not having a kid, so it's a little bit different situation. But um, getting everything in my environment prepared is a really big key step for me. Second thing, um, prioritizing what matters to you before the change that will still matter to you after the change. Um, For me, this has come in the form of I've gotten really into cooking at home and making dinners and I've gotten really into exercise and I don't want to lose sight of those good habits just because my routine is going to be different. So this week, my goal is to figure out what my plan is next week. And again, next week's weird because I got two days of clinical and I'm headed to do a conference for the week. So that's probably the exception. But in a regular Monday through Friday week, now that my schedule is changing, how am I going to prioritize keeping those things at the forefront? I think a big thing for me is going to be I'm planning to throw my gym clothes in my bag to go to Cedar Falls in the morning to have my clinical rotation. Once rotation is done, I'm going to leave Cedar Falls and I'm going to go straight to my gym in Cedar Rapids. I'm going to change clothes and I'm going to hit the gym. I'm trying to solidify that as my routine because if I don't do it in the first couple weeks, I know it's never going to happen. So before you come into a change, you have to think, what am I doing now that I don't want to ditch? And how am I going to keep that a priority? With cooking, I think it's just going to be, I'm going to have to shop on Sundays for everything I want to cook throughout the week. I'm going to have to be better about talking with Jared. For example, if we've got something that's a crockpot meal and he's working from home, can you throw all this stuff in the crockpot at 10 a.m.? 
planning to continue with my good habits instead of I could totally see myself falling into, oh, there's a Chick-fil-A. Oh, there's a McDonald's. I'm starving. I got off at five o'clock. I have an hour commute. Going to haul it through there and then come home and watch Netflix all night and do my notes. I really, really don't want to revert back to those habits. And so just taking time to like think about the things that you love about your pre-transition lifestyle um, and how you're going to incorporate those. Now, if you're having a career change or you're getting married or you're having a baby, all valid reasons to reevaluate what am I doing now that I like? How am I going to keep doing those things? Because you don't want to lose great habits in the process of transitioning to a new aspect of your life. The third thing is romanticizing the transition. Now, I know, first of all, this is not possible for everybody. Um, Some of the things probably aren't possible for everyone, but also it might sound stupid. And I'm not a super huge fan of like the become an it girl, romanticize your life bullshit. But there is something to be said for romanticizing a period of your life that gives you anxiety. And when you think about it, like moms who are nesting, that's kind of the same thing. Like you're preparing, but you're also like hanging the super cute letters in the nursery and buying the cute sheets for the crib and all that shit. You are romanticizing it because you're like, oh my God, my baby's coming. And while this is going to be a very, very hard period of my life, it's going to be so fun and rewarding. And I'm saying you can do that with any change. My plan, I think, Jared, if you're listening, sorry, I'm a little bit spendy occasionally, but I want to get myself one of those big like work Kate Spade bags. And that way I will have something to put all my clinical stuff in because I don't own like, I don't own like a nice professional bag to bring my work stuff in that's not too small. I own backpacks, but now that I'm like going in as a provider, I just want to look the part. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So I don't really want to use a backpack. I think backpack is um, too student-y and I want to look like a provider in training and less of like a student at school, if that makes sense. So I think I'm going to get myself like a nice industrial strength um, bag to hold all my stuff in because just the idea of doing that like makes me even more excited to go on my first day. So if there's something like little you can do for yourself to carry yourself into a new period of life, I think that is worth acknowledging. I think that's why a lot of people like after they get married, they buy a new house or they go on a big trip or they, you know, cut their hair. There's things people do that kind of put them in the mood to do something new. And I think any way that you can romanticize a transition is beneficial because you're going to be looking forward to the new era of your life more, if that makes sense. Another thing I'm really into when it comes to change is learning everything I can about what this new period of my life is going to look like. So for example, fur, that sounded like a fur on a cat, for example, If you are looking to move cities or you are looking to whatever, get a breast reduction surgery, (laughs) anything that you're going to be changing, we are blessed to live in the age of YouTube and podcasts and Google. And I say this because every change I've ever gone through, if I have the ability to find someone who's already done it and learn from them, I will use that opportunity. 
So recently I've been listening to my nurse practitioner podcasts. There's a few I listen to that do like clinical pearls. So you're learning actual content. But within those podcasts, a lot of them do like five things I wish I knew going into my nurse practitioner clinic, nurse practitioner clinical, sorry, or 10 necessary items for your clinical bag. I watch those things partly because it's fun to like see what people are doing or what people wish they knew. But also, it's so nice to learn like, oh, they didn't have a pen light on their first day and they needed it the first day. Or, oh, they wished that they had brought a patient assessment notebook, which is what one of them said and I bought it to bring. Just like why go into something blind when you can go into something prepared thanks to the World Wide Web? Um, If you're moving across the country, like find a couple people online who live where you're going to live and look at the things they're doing. Ask ask them questions. I mean, reach out. What are you paying for rent? Where do you live? Do you like it? There are a million ways to access information in this day and age. Use it because why not? You're going to benefit from having someone who has experience tell you what you can do better than them or tell you what they've done and they've loved in their kind of new period of life. Also, you'll find that a lot of people who have gone through whatever change you're going through have nothing but positive things to say about it, how much they've grown, how much they've learned, um, how they've benefited. So taking the opportunity to learn from other people who have done what you've done is key. Another thing that's a little bit stupid but also cool, stupid and cool, is vision board. If you are a visual person or you're someone who you love like the idea of doing something, but actually doing it is hard because you just want the outcome and not the work. I think that's most people probably want the outcome, not the work. Um, a vision board really helps. When I was in nursing school, I made a vision board, which I wish I could find it, of a bunch of things. I mean, I took Pinterest photos. I took quotes. I took pictures of homes. I took pictures of pets. I took pictures of nurses at work different things that were my end game. Like I probably had a random couple getting engaged on there. Like just things that I wanted for my life. And it's funny because I think the main things on there were nursing school graduation, getting engaged, buying a home. I thought I was getting a dog at that point, but getting a pet and going to NP school, I think was the last one. And there were all kinds of quotes about motivation. There were pictures that I liked And I would be able to look at that on my desk while I was studying my ass off and remind myself of the end goal. And the craziest thing about that is I'm at the end goal from that vision board. I'm engaged. I bought my home. I have two cats. I love them. I'm in NP school. I'm working as a nurse. I've been a nurse for almost two and a half years. Um, And that does cause me to reflect like, I guess I got to that point and I never was like, oh my gosh, yay, I got to that point. I just came up with new goals. But the vision board has really helped me kind of see what my end goal is and look at it over and over again for motivation when shit sucks. And if you're doing anything worthwhile, shit's going to suck. Whether that's school, working in a new job, having a baby. I mean, that shit sucks. When you're pregnant half the time, that sucks. You're barfing all the time. You have a baby. It keeps you up all night. That all sucks. But you're building a family. Moving across the country, it's scary as shit. You got to put all your stuff in a truck. I mean, that all sucks. But when you have even though a vision board isn't you, it's other people who have done the things you want to do. It is so awesome to be able to just glance at that and be like, this is what I'm doing it for. And that's what I did in nursing school. I would look at that freaking board and I'd be like, I am one year away from 
this step of building the life I want to build being completed. And I knew if I didn't graduate, I wasn't going to have the house and I wasn't going to have the pets and I wasn't going to have, well, I probably would have a fiance, but he probably would have been like, what the hell? So I think being able to have like a visual representation just to get you through is very, very valuable. And I'd say if you have time, print some pictures to Walgreens, grab them, get a bulletin board, get some tacks. You can even tape to a poster um, and stick it somewhere in your office or in your workspace or your home and remind yourself. Or you can do it the digital way and make a Pinterest board that's kind of like your vision board for the year. Um, I've done that a couple years and that's really like been a good reminder for me. Even just the process of building the vision board on Pinterest is enough to like re-kickstart my motivation to get through whatever the next big hurdle is or the next big change is. So there's an idea if you have a little extra time um, to ground yourself and just remind yourself of the positives that come from these big periods of change. The last big thing I want to say is your mindset is so important in every part of your life and that is really extra emphasized in periods where things are changing. So if you tell yourself that you are going to go in this new job and you're going to suck, then you're probably going to suck. And if you tell yourself that you're too dumb for school, then you're probably going to flunk. And if you tell yourself that you're not brave enough to move across the country, you're probably going to A, back out, or B, you're going to go and you're going to hate it because you've thought of all the reasons that it's going to suck. You have to believe that you are capable, that you're enough, um, and you have to remind yourself that every season of change comes with a new adventure. And that could seem scary, but at the end of the day, it could be for the better and you could learn about yourself. Even if you make a change in your life and you end up hating it, you learned about yourself. You learned what you don't like. Um, And with that being said, like one of my favorite things is we cannot become what we want by remaining what we are. And that's true. If you stand in the same spot all day doing nothing and making no changes, that's comfortable and it's awesome. And I personally love it. (laughs) I love to be comfortable. I love a routine. But at the end of the day, nothing changes if nothing changes. And you're never going to see growth or development if you don't make any change. You don't do anything scary. You don't challenge yourself. Um, So I think it's worth acknowledging that like every season of change, everything you've ever done in your life that was a success or that you feel proud of was because you were in a season of change. The degree you got, you tolerated a lot of change and a lot of uncertainty to get to that degree. And your marriage was because you were ballsy and tolerated a season of change. You got a boyfriend, you got a fiance, you got a husband. Babies, that's a season of change, but you got a kid. I mean, every single rewarding thing that's ever happened was because you tolerated something that at one point was really scary. So just reminding yourself that you can overcome and you will either benefit or learn from the experience is going to completely shift your mindset and make you feel more positive going into anything new. Just saw this on Pinterest. You have two choices, evolve or repeat. And that's the freaking truth. You can evolve and you can go through something scary and you can change and you can learn and you can grow and you can benefit or you can repeat. And frankly, I've been in times in my life I want to just repeat, 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 repeat till the cows come home. Right now, love my life. Working part time, having fun, cleaning, getting groceries, hanging out at my house, hanging out with my fiance, working a cushy schedule, seeing my friends, learning, but like not being too immersed in school, but like learning just enough. I mean, loving it. 
but I can't repeat that forever. I need to graduate. I need to learn. I need to do something new. Um, and you never get to success by repeating forever. So when it comes to evolve or repeat, you can make your choice. But I think anyone who's ever succeeded can tell you that you can't repeat forever and it's time to get off your ass and do something new and scare yourself a little bit. And from that, you're going to grow. So that's mostly what I have to say for today's episode. If you are going into a season of change like me, Godspeed. I'm excited for you. Um, We can shit ourselves with nervousness together. I am not by any means a professional on any of this, but this is just what has worked for me. And I've seen a lot of growth as I've gone through a lot of periods of change. And the only reason I got through those periods was by following these kind of list of tips and mindset shifts to get there. So I'm sending you all my love and joy and excitement for any new stage you're going into. I know the young 20s, everybody's kind of going into something totally different. I mean, there are people starting a family. There are people starting a new career. There are people just coming out of school. Um, A million different ways to be going through change right now, but that's what the 20s kind of period of your life is. And I am so excited for all of us. And I hope that whatever you're going through ends up a success and you can look back at this time and be like, wow, I did what I needed to do. And now I'm soaking in the glory. I'm hoping that'll be me next summer when I graduate. Um, But thank you for listening. I hope you got something out of this. Even if you're not going through a change right now, it's inevitable that one is coming soon. So thanks for listening. Bye, y'all. Talk to you next week. And I actually promise it will be next week this time. Bye.